0: Hello and welcome to Game of It's MTV's Game of Thrones podcast. I'm Rachel Handler, I'm a pop culture writer at MTV News and I'm here with our TV critic Ingu Kang. Hi Ingu. Hi. And fellow pop culture writer Crystal Bell. Burn them all! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, got a little excited. Wow, you got right into it. Let's I'm, talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I really Let's I'm, talk about that. Number 1 on my list, guys. <laughs> yeah, so that was the Mad King. Yes, right? it was the Mad King. Are you impressed that I know that? Yeah, I'm really impressed actually. I am impressed with myself to be honest with you. So Did you
1: remember that or did you have to look it up?
0: No, like honestly my boyfriend told me.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> That's fine. Um,
0: but so what, what was that? Was that the first time
1: we've ever seen him? That was the first time we've seen him. Obviously, they've talked about him, but I actually, I never thought we'd ever get to see him, so that was very exciting. Mm-hmm. This this episode was filled with a lot of exciting things, I think, for for people who have read the books. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was really cool. Uh, what does it mean? I mean, that's the big question. I have a few theories. I know there's a very popular fan theory out there that's kind of like a tinfoil tinfoil theory they believe that bran is somehow the person who makes the mad king go crazy whoa i know because now that we know that he can uh, effectively like interject with time really bran could be capable of so many things and could be responsible for so many things i don't really
0: you know dig that theory though okay so so why was the fire green
2: yeah, because well, it's, it's that weird, like, Gatorade green that, like, the show keeps using, and it's, like, the yeah. ugliest thing in their special effects
0: armory. It's so ugly. It just, it reminds me of just, like, like this weird, like... Well, it's wildfire. Well, it's I mean, wildfire. I can't... I, well, do you remember season two at the Battle of Blackwater? Yes, of course. Do you,
1: remember, <laughs> do you remember that, like, what Tyrion used to sort of effectively blow up Stannis' fleet? Oh, yeah. There was a whole green explosion... That was
0: wildfire. Okay, so he was burning all of his, uh, the whole kingdom, just randomly.
1: Well, are you talking about the Mad King? Yeah. That's what he wanted to do. So when he yells, burn them all, he's basically telling his pyromancers, I want you to take wildfire. I want you to put it underneath all of these sort of halls that we have underneath King's Landing, and I want you to bury it there Mm -hmm. and lay it there so that when... You know, I call for the time. We can effectively blow up King's Landing, and I will turn into a giant dragon. Okay. That was sort of his thought process there.
0: Cool. Uh, he was mad. But,
1: you know, the wildfire could come back this season. I've, again, I, Again, I don't think it's in there just, you know, to tell Westeros history all over again. Because mm-hmm. we've already heard this story. I mean, Jamie told Brienne basically this entire story in season three. Um, I, I think that maybe we know that the Lannisters like their wildfire, mm-hmm. so it could
0: be an effective tool with maybe killing some sparrows. Right. Okay. Well, so Ingo, we haven't heard your opinion on Bran yet. You haven't been on in a while. I'm I'm curious how you feel about Bran. Is he the worst?
2: He is the worst of the worst. <laughs> God, he's, oh, I, I mean, like, heart. I know that, like, he he can't use his legs, but the fact that he was basically taking a nap while Mira was carrying <laughs> him away from, like, a thousand and one monsters, are you serious? This is just, like, <laughs> the utter height of the patriarchy.
0: So, yeah, yes, and then, Bran is the worst. Yeah, the whole time. He is actually the worst. I'm glad that you agree. I know that was a leading question. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about the whole Brand mira benjen situation that happened last night?
2: I don't understand why I was very disappointed in Benjen because I understand that Bran is his nephew, but come on, like he could have lost him to die, and then we would have never (laughs) ever had to hear from Bran again, and then the show would have gotten a thousand (laughs) times better.
1: Wow,
0: you guys—that is dark. (laughs) Bran is like a really, really important tool, though, to defeating the White Walkers. But I don't, how is he going to defeat them? That's what I'm confused about. Like, he's like, I got to get better at being psychic. And Benjamin's like, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the whole thing.
1: The whole thing of, like, basically the, the High Sparrow. Well, not the High Sparrow. Basically the Three-Eyed Raven, before he was killed by the Night's King, uploaded all of this information into Bran's head. Mm-hmm. So when he's having that whole you know, time warp of visions, that's what's happening. He's like, his uh, brain is trying to compute all of the things that the that the Three-Eyed Raven has given him. But how is that and different
2: from, like, Sam being the biggest history nerd in the world? I mean, like, Sam, and I'm sure a bunch of other people that Sam is going to learn all of his history from, already know all of this stuff, and yet, like, somehow, because Bran is getting it through magic instead of, like, the hard work of studying, now he's special. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I mean, a I think the, the real story there is that Bran's getting the, the truth, because as we know, the way that uh, earlier this season we saw the Tower of Joy flashback, basically the way that that went down and the way that it was perceived and told for many years by the Starks is different. Mm-hmm. I mean, we never knew that the reason Ned Stark defeated the Targaryen Kingsguard was because his friend Alan Reed essentially stabbed a knight in the back. It right. was never told that way. You know, whether this is important, I don't know. But I kind of like the idea of getting, like, the the real truth of the story as yeah. opposed to maybe the way that it was written in a history book.
0: Now that I'm thinking about this, though, like, it really bothers me that all – I mean, I love the Starks, don't get me wrong, minus Bran. But, like, they're all, like, <laughs> these special flowers. And, yep. like, I don't like, – you know what I mean? Like, they're all, like, gifted. Like, it's like they yeah, all yeah. were born and they're like, your kids are super gifted. Like, they're special. Especially, but there's no reason. Except especially, for Rickon. Especially yeah. when they have, like – such dopey parents
2: in the first place like (laughs) Ned and Catelyn were idiots in the context of the show and then they somehow have these like magical genius children
1: (laughs) (sighs) I don't know I think the whole thing is basically this whole show this whole series has always been the Starks and the Targaryens right I think that's sort of what the show is leading to so they're just
0: all they just all happen to be like geniuses it's like every parent's dream.
1: Yeah, they're just a <laughs> okay. As Great you said. special
0: snowflakes, literally, because they live in them. <laughs> okay. Sam, won't well, he come for it?
2: He can bloody well try.
0: Let's talk about um Sam and Gilly and the awkward waspy meal from hell that happened. That <laughs> that was a lot of Sam time. I mean, I'm okay with it. I know Tao, you know, bless her soul, would not be. But,, uh, I feel like sh- that was sort of a, a very aggressive, like, oh, here's another white guy who who just like hates everyone for no reason is like super mean, and there's no like motivation behind it. <laughs> like, I'm just tired of characters like that on this show.. So, what do you feel I, it, Dingo?
2: so I said that Bran was the worst of the worst, but Sam is actually the like literal worst. I hate him. Wow.
0: I okay. Why do you hate him?
2: Because he's pure fan service. He's like, a fat nerd, and I don't have anything against fat nerds (laughs) as like people, but in terms of this particular character, all he does is like, he gets to go and then somehow, While being like the least skilled person, because he really believes himself for five seconds, he gets to get like a girl. And then he gets to like leave Castle Black, which is obviously the most amazing thing to happen in this universe. And so I don't understand, like to me, there's no point to his character other than like, the game of thrones showrunners being like you know who are? are probably like our core audience fat nerds like let's give them something <laughs> like really wonderful that they can project their masculinity onto every time he has like a test of his masculinity and then he gets to like pull through like this episode was the purest well was the second most purest example where he is basically emasculated by his dad. And then he's like, you know what dad, I'm going to take your penis and then like run off with it. (laughs) Like that was like the whole point of that visit to the Tarleys. And I'm so over it. I don't think that this was as bad as that episode where Gilly is almost raped just so that Sam can come and like rescue her and then like she rewards (laughs) him with sex because almost being raped is so (laughs) very much an aphrodisiac to women like fuck this show so much but yeah like that Sam and Gilly thing went on forever. And I would just like to see him killed ASAP, and I know it'll never happen.
0: (laughs) All right. That's such an amazing point, because I did not think of him as fan service, but now I'm never going to be able to unsee this. Like, you're so right.
1: I mean, I think the entire point of that whole scene was just to get Sam to the place where he has bane. Mm -hmm. And they could have cut it. Heartsbane heartsbane is the Valerian steel (laughs) sword that basically his dad was like, this has been in our family for hundreds of years and you will never have it. Blah blah blah. But, you know, I think he made Sam, whether you love him or you hate him, he did make the connection of like, oh, that's Valerian steel. That Hmm. could be useful.
0: Right. I don't hate him. I I kind of feel like sad for him. Like, I just want to like squish his little cheeks and like yeah send him on his way i
1: mean this was don't forget his dad uh, we learned this in season one but his dad basically told him you either take the black or i'm going to hunt you like a wild pig and rip
0: out your heart wow that sounds like what Ingo wants to do to him (laughs) (laughs) maybe you and randall should hook up like in the old sense of the word not literally (laughs) that would be disgusting um. Yeah. The sword thing. Why, why is their house called Horn Hill? That made me laugh so much. Like he was like so serious, and he was like, "It's Horn Hill. And I was, like, That's the name you chose for your. I house? don't know,
1: but it looked amazing. Yeah, was it was like, beautiful. Why? This is
0: the most beautiful place. But what? Like how? Like takes those. all the air out of a fancy house by calling it Horn Hill. Just yeah.
1: My the other my other favorite part of that whole dinner scene was just when Gilly. It was. <laughs> I love Gilly, but. Oh, my God. Uh, when Gilly was like, but Sam defeated a white walker. Mm-hmm. I saw it. <laughs> and his brother, Dickon, was like, white walkers? Ha <laughs> Those don't exist.
0: Right. Because Ugh. it's
1: such a beautiful reminder of, like, just the utter devastation that's about to happen. Right. And how all of these people. I, I mean, I can think of nothing I would enjoy more than to see Hornhill basically ravaged by a horde of whites it's gonna
0: happen yeah it has again to. this goes back to the global warming and i i compared them to the bush family in my recap <laughs> and i felt like it was like this like white ass family sitting around just being like oh nothing bad is ever gonna happen to us and like it is you're all gonna die in like a monsoon i um, would love to watch the a bushes, thanksgiving to be <laughs> dinner
2: like a thanksgiving awkward dinner at the bush family
0: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and it's like jeb is sam in, in this <laughs> analogy. I mean, but the other um, thing is that like
2: we have watched or we have heard of like Tarly, of Papa Tarly being the worst in so many different contexts. So I don't know why we had to sit through that whole thing just to like make the exact same point that mm-hmm. we had already heard. And I think that Crystal makes like a really interesting point about how History is more the stories that we almost want to hear as opposed to like how things actually were. But in the case of the Tarleys, like there's no contrast between what what Sam's version is and then what the actual version is. And so, like, so much of this episode just kind of felt like, you know, like at the very best, setting up for something. And then in a scene like this, just like why are we here like you know you have mm-hmm. one hour you have ten episodes and yet we're just like right. twi- twiddling our thumbs
0: yeah like it just, I, like it's just like they're stretching
1: it out like yeah. you can see them
0: stretching it out I
1: would have much rather like checked in on John and Sansa yeah. like what are they up to like I know we're getting to that next week but yeah I agree I think it was too much time with
0: the Charlies we'll be together again soon and everything will be better than it was before better how? So Marjorie and Talman, do we really think Marjorie has gone over to the Scientology dark side? Or is she just like fucking with everyone and trying to scheme her way? Yes. Again. She
1: has to. I think she's the smartest woman in Westeros. Mm-hmm. Maybe the smartest woman this entire show. And I think that she's basically playing everyone for a fool. Hmm.
0: She was very convinced. I mean, she convinced she's me. I was like, wow, convincing. she's been taken by a cult. And then only later I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> She totally got me. What do you think, Ingo? But it's so, I mean, going back to
2: the point of like how the show is stretching it out, it would have been, it would have taken like literally one second for Marjorie to like look sneakily into the camera or something for us to realize that it was all a ploy. And the fact that they are also dragging out this mystery is really annoying as well. I (laughs) thought it was interesting that Crystal said that she's probably the smartest female character on the show, because her canniness is so, it's so feminine, like, in a certain perspective. It's all about, like, kind of seeming to play your role while actually being manipulative behind the scenes, but so subtly that like people can't really tell the difference and that's what cersei Mm -hmm. always probably should have done but she never could quite get it right partly because of how haughty she is and partly Mm -hmm. because she's just like not that good at the game and so so it was another great point when you know cersei had to go through that humiliating ritual of like the shame lock but marjorie actually didn't i think in part because she Mm does know how to play the game better Right. Right.
1: I also really like the context of, you know, there was a definite generational flip there and sort of the the power has shifted in a really remarkable way. I mean, Lady Olena and Cersei thought that they had this all figured out. They're like, We know exactly what we're doing, we're gonna pull one over on the high sparrow, we're gonna get, you know, our kids back. And Marjorie was like, "No, no, like I, I've got this. I'm the one in control now." And I'm omitting Tommen because he's just like a human rubber band. He's just a pawn. <laughs> he's just a pawn. Like the poor kid. Like Tommen Cruz. He has yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> Tommen Cruz. He has a very pure soul, but oh, he's just like not even a character. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that's really interesting. I mean, these are very old families, uh, matriarchies at this point. And yet here's this really young woman who is now like, no, I'm in control of this. Like, you guys had your time. Right. You sort of threw it down the drain.
0: Let me do this. Right. Yeah, I hope, I hope Marjorie just, like, wins everything. She's my favorite. I love her.
1: I was thinking about this earlier, like, when Tom because Tommen's going to die. For sure. Like, it's pretty much set now because prophecies mean everything on the show. But, like, when Tommen dies, who will take the throne – and I'm really sad that it can't just be Marjorie. It can't. That's not how the rules work. That's not how the rules <laughs> work. I'm really sad about it though, because I think that's the biggest question that the show has at this point. Is yeah, they really have once Tom and Baratheon bites it, like uh, who? Stannis is dead. Renly is dead. Hmm. I mean, if we're
2: sort of working yeah. with the overall hypothesis that we've all had since maybe season two that Daenerys is going to be the one who takes back King's Landing, mm-hmm. like the then if we're talking about like the show in terms of evolution it definitely would make a big chunk of sense because even if marjorie is like the best at playing a supportive female role it's still a supportive role whereas Daenerys is just like yeah i'm a woman i'm going to sit on the throne so what and so so if if the show is actually going for some sort of like larger feminist statement like that that'd be interesting I don't know if it is.
0: You weren't made to sit on a chair in a palace. What was I made for? You're a
2: conqueror, Daenerys Stormborn.
0: Do you think that ending scene with with Daenerys like what the hell was that? Like I I get that she you know, she kinda just went into this little stump speech for herself out of nowhere and Now I'm seeing all this stuff about is she turning into a villain? But to me, it didn't. I don't know what seemed villainous about that. It was. It just seemed more random to me.
1: I think it was like the juxtaposition with seeing the Mad King, who was her father, Mm -hmm. earlier in the episode, and he was saying, "Burn them all, burn them all." And we know that with the Targaryens, if you're a Targaryen, it's 50 50 whether you're going to be like a bloodthirsty crazy person Mm -hmm. or if you're going to be like a righteous ruler. And Daenerys has has towed that line so well. I mean, we've seen her try to rule, and she is not a good ruler. Like she just just fucks it up. Yeah. And so, but she's a conqueror, and this was her moment of like, you know what? I'm going to go take what is mine with fire and blood, as she Mm -hmm. always says, and we're going to burn them in their stone houses. We're going to go, you know, just kill everybody until I get that throne. And I just, I think that's really interesting that they're kind of playing up that she could be the mad queen. Mm. You know, Daenerys could have been a villain this entire time. And it may be no, from no fault. I mean, it's her genetics. It's her blood. Um, but I, th- I find that theory really fascinating, and I, I personally, I really love it. And also, she's the only one vying for the throne at this point, and I just have this vision of her getting into King's Landing, and it's going to be covered in snow, and it's going to be so cold, and all of her Dothraki blood riders are going to freeze to death because they're wearing, like, no clothes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then what's going to happen? I don't know. What's
0: this thing about her being compared to Hitler?
1: Oh, yeah. So I was watching HBO is now milking Game of Thrones for all of its worth. And they have several like behind-the-scenes features on HBO Go, and I was watching one. And really, it takes all the magic out of the show. So if you want to believe that this truly existed, don't watch it. Ugh, but yeah, the director, Jack Bender, who directed Episodes 5 and 6, he compared Danny's final speech to essentially Hitler <laughs> wow. about how convincing she is as a conqueror. And I, again, found that really fascinating. Like, oh, here's someone with insider information making this comparison.
0: Hi guys, it's Rachel again. Just wanted to remind you that you can always send us voice memos at Game of pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your questions, your comments. No dick pics, but anything you want to ask us or anything you wanna you wanna say about our show that is nice and kind. Yeah, send us shoot us a note at gameofcrohn's pod at gmail.com. Who deserved it the most this week? I
1: don't think anybody really died. Does no one die? Aside from the White Walkers. Or the Whites, not the White
0: Walkers, that came to attack Why do I feel like someone Mira always dies? I think, yeah, this was a slower episode. Um, okay, then Bay of the Week. Ingo. Oh,
2: definitely. Is his name Dickon
0: Tarley? Yeah. <laughs> the
2: Sam's brother. He's that actor from Unreal, and yeah. as soon as they saw him, it completely took me out of... The show, both because I had recognized that actor and also because he is by far the most gorgeous actor they've probably ever had on the show. No offense, wow. Torment.
0: Wow. Okay.
2: I like Sorry, that. I didn't even I, notice. I'm, I'm all here for like conventional beauty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like Torment, so conventional. Um, the most conventional beauty. What about you, Crystal? Uh, Bay of the Week for me. Hmm.
1: It was a, I you know what this is going to sound weird cuz I don't really like him that much but there was something about Jamie Lannister riding his horse up those stairs. I was like super into it. I was like one I didn't know horses could do that. I didn't either. It really shocked me. Yeah, I was like, "All right, that's really cool." Yeah. And then two, I was like uh, we also got that like back uh, we also got that vision of him
0: slaying the king. Like, I was like, I was just really hot on Jamie this week. He was super hot this week. I mean, he did, even when he was making out with his sister, I was like, okay. <laughs> you kind <probably> of <laughs> forgot that that once existed because yeah. they've been so far apart. Right. That I'm like, oh, yeah, they, yeah that yeah, They're happened. into each other. And they were like getting off on this, like, this sort of fantasy of murdering everyone who doesn't enjoy them. And that was interesting to me. The whole thing was just great. And now he's going to the Riverlands to reunite with Brienne. Are they going to get it on? Hopefully, I and mean, Then what? I don't what know. What happens then? How do you feel about Brienne and Jamie, Ingo?
2: She deserves better than, like, some <laughs> random murderer with only one hand.
1: <laughs> she deserves <laughs> torment, is what you're saying?
2: <laughs> yes. He has two hands. I mean, like, it's totally fine if, like, as a person you have one hand. But, like, Jamie's <laughs> one-handedness is, like, that's his coming up. And that's supposed to be, like... The sign to everybody else that he's like a bad person and therefore (laughs) he it's basically like a scarlet letter right yeah Yeah. so and also he's a rapist and a murderer and also like really inbred I feel like (laughs) Brienne deserves better
0: you know, that's funny. I like how you keep, like, apologizing to the real people of the world who have one, no hands or who, like, or are fat and nerdy. Like, you're like, I don't have a problem with, like, fat nerds in general. <laughs> it's great.
1: I don't have a problem it's with just like within Yeah, the it's context. totally fine.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I don't know who's listening.
2: I want to make it clear that, like, you know, those people are great people. I just hate what the show is doing with it. I
0: love fat nerds. Listen. Love them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, Arya storyline this week, like, she almost killed Lady Crane, and then she didn't, so clearly she's going to piece out of the uh, House of... Black and White? Why is it called... Why am I thinking it's called the House of Many Faces? Well, it's like the Many Face God's Temple. Okay, so so. one of these things that she's doing. (laughs) Um, Essentially. Are we, like... Is she going to be an actress now? Is that what's going to happen? Because she, like, had that great insight about the script or whatever? She's going to be a director. Yeah. (laughs) She was like, "Here's what you really need to do." That was crazy to me. I was like, "Where is this coming from?"
1: Well, I think she, it was it was kind of a nice moment because she's clearly using her knowledge of who Cersei Lannister is mm-hmm. to help Lady Crane be like, "No, Cersei wouldn't be sad. Cersei's going to be mad and mm-hmm. she's going to avenge her son's death, which is essentially what she did. Um, but yeah, the whole Arya thing, very interesting and also confusing. I mean, we've spent so much time with Arya, who has been in assassin school, trying to learn the ways of, you know, the the faceless men and worship the many-faced god. And that sort of seems like it's going nowhere now because she's peaced out. She grabbed needles. She's like, you know what? I'm out. I am, I am a Arya Stark I am not no one like and I have a list of people that I need to kill Mm -hmm. which is great for moving the plot forward I actually really love that sequence and I
2: thought in this episode it was the only good sequence because you have so many like wonderful and like dense symbology like you have that whole thing about like how like does Aria want to become an actress? Does Aria want to become this person who has like, again, this is not about real actresses, but like does Arya want to be this person with sort of like no core who is always pretending to be somebody else as her job? Or does Aria want to be herself and then when she goes When she goes to grab that needle, which is obviously like her family inheritance, then she's like, nope, like I'm not going to do this. But like, hey, at least like when I went to assassin school, I learned all of these like really cool lessons that now like I have become a better killer, but Mm -hmm. I am going to be the one to choose who I kill. Mm -hmm. So that was really touching. And even the fact that like when she's watching that play and, you know, Cersei and what's his face the little boy king who was killed sorry joffrey Joffrey. when cersei and joffrey when she watches them like on that play like it's so hard not to think about like that long list of people she had wants to kill and the fact that she actually feels something for these people that she hates so much that she can actually relate to them as other people like that's such a great like that's such a great lead up to her decision not to be a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And that was also really great.
0: Careful of that one. She wants you dead. Okay, so Aria, the next thing we're going to see that you're excited about, Crystal, you said you want to see her beat up the waif.
1: Yes, she's been getting her
0: ass kicked all
1: season by the waif. And while I still think the waif is the better assassin, she's had so many years to to practice this, the thing that I think is going to help Arya is remember back in season one, Ned told her that she has the wolf's blood. She has this wildness inside of her, like her Aunt Liana. So I think if she taps into that, She'll be unstoppable. So mm-hmm. I'm really looking. it's gonna be like kill Bill. Like I feel like it's I maybe I'm hyping it up, but I just really want that fight.
0: Is it is she have literal wolf blood or is this sort of a, a lovely like metaphor for something?
1: I think it's a lovely metaphor okay. because
0: obviously <laughs> the, the Stark sigil is the dire wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. she doesn't literally have I, I don't know any more of They could have anything. They could be inbred with wolves. We don't yeah, know. I point. literally don't know, yeah. Um, also, really upset there was no dicks this week. Uh, we did get a dick on though. So. Oh wow! Maybe that yeah. was substitute. They were. I'll take yeah. it. Okay, fine, fine. One day <laughs> I'll, I'll, the, the main dicks I still want to see are Jamie mm-hmm. and Jon Snow. Wait, you I don't don't know want John Snow's ever going to show his dick?
1: You want to know why? I can dream. Why? Because Kit Harrington recently told a magazine an interview that he is more than just his hair and his good body. <sighs> That's untrue. true and faith
0: <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't know so guys thanks so much for, for coming on this week Ingu it was great having you back It's great being here and Crystal thanks for giving us all the answers to everything and explaining things that have already happened on the show that we forgot about thanks for having me talk to you guys next week This episode of Game of Crones was produced by Michael Catano and Mukta Mohan for the MTV Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at MTV News and MTV Podcasts. You can subscribe to this and other MTV Podcasts on iTunes.